It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to yet another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always. And as always, I'm here with my good friend, Danny Raza. Danny, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's a regular Sunday. It's a regular Sunday. Although no Villa win to kind of perk me up for the rest of the weekend. That being said, we're still ages away from the relegation zone. We're we're far away from it. And things could be worse. I did say after the game against Brighton, I wasn't all that upset. Wasn't all that bothered. Uh, But Cole, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We're actually uh, recording this with video. We're going to try it out, maybe upload some uh, just hot take video clips on the Twitter. So check us out at 7,500 to hold for that. It's kind of interesting talking to you and looking at you at the same time. It feels like it's been a very long time, but like I said before, I'm doing very well. It's, it's nice to do a Holtcast recording on a Sunday, knowing that we've had over 24 hours just to mull it over, not rush it out. And just kind of enjoy the day. So long may this continue. And long story short, long may the international breaks stay away. Because Aston Villa 1, Brighton Hove Albion 2. That's what we'll be chatting about this evening, this morning, or whenever you hear this. I guess they'll be going out on Monday. Um, A game of many chances for Villa. Many should have been taken. Only one was taken. A penalty shout that was awarded, then called off. A lot of things going on, but nonetheless, Danny, let's start off with, I think, one of the biggest talking points in this game, in my opinion, Ross Barkley going off in the fifth minute. What were your thoughts on that? I believe it was a hamstring or something like that. Like, what, in your opinion, what was the impact of that? We've seen a lot of those, haven't we? We've seen a lot of those this season. Um, Talk about international break. We talk about the calendar. Um, how rash it is on players. Well, I mean, Parker was one of those players that didn't go off on international break. But that being said, uh, still, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very fast season. So for him to go off pretty early on, it's a little bit worrying. You wonder, you know, especially with Villa's, with Villa's first sort of like 16, you always think past that first 11, Villa are pretty weak. And uh, in a way, that's why we've got this kind of weird situation going on where well, we know Villa are very, very good when they're at their best, but we know that there are very, very clear weaknesses. So at this point, you're thinking, does Dean Smith bring on Connor Harahan? Does he bring on Nakamba to shore up the midfield? Bertrand Traore coming on, <laughs> bit of a shock to me. You know, I, I mean, it, it made sense in, in, in many ways because Ross Barkley's been playing so far up. Next to Ollie Watkins, he's been a key part of that Villa attack. In many ways, Villa missed him. Uh you know, as the game went on, but Bertrand coming on, I think, uh, I think showed himself to be a very capable number 10 um, and, and, and very capable in terms of bringing something uh, different to the attack. Yeah, I was honestly, I couldn't really tell what was going to happen initially once Ross goes off and then you have Traore come on it. I was thinking maybe does Jack go in the 10? He does Traore go out wide. What's going on here? I even heard the commentator saying, okay, I think Trezeguet is coming back into the midfield three. I'm thinking, why is that a thing? It's not. But, <laughs> no, it, it's not happening. Let's, <laughs> let's make that clear. But like, 
it should be an obvious move of what's going on here but like to be honest it probably took us like 20 minutes to really figure out what was going on like and i think a lot of that has to do with jack's role he just roams around like that that's his freedom to do that and we see what he can do with that i i think the thing here and you kind of the whole theme of the game wasn't really like this but i think a lot of people were then concerned as everything again fall on jack Grealish to to win us the game and I guess some people can argue that in a sense that if we had Barkley right kind of playing off of Jack, would that have opened the opportunities for target to overlap both of them Would that have freed up Trezeguet on the other side. So there's arguments for that, but Danny, let's get, let's get into the first goal. We can see the first goal from um, I, I can't even call it defending. What would you call it? <laughs> it's a funny one. Cause it's like the, the idea is there. Yeah. Yeah. They're just a little bit confused. They're just, <laughs> They knew what they were trying to do, but they were just a bit confused. I wasn't mad because, okay, in many ways it's a defensive fault because why are they all over the halfway line? But on the other hand, this isn't a goal that happens because they're like jockey, 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 pressure, pressure, pressure. It's like they're trying to move forward and they got sprung. They got sprung by the counterattack. It's naive. It's one of those things that we've seen teams like Arsenal do against us. We saw Liverpool do it against us. Um, but I think it's just a reminder that, like, look, we're just getting into the game. We're like 20 minutes in. Chill out. You don't need to be doing that. Yeah, you don't need everybody past the halfway line. If you're 1-0 yeah. down, then, then maybe. But it, it just screamed of adventurism and kind of just yeah naivety really you expect better from Mings you expect better from Konza you expect better from McGinn not to lose the ball there as well yeah I, I think they've kind of avoided and neglected the number one rule that I I'm assuming everyone learns when they're first kind of learning this game and especially from a defensive standpoint is you always have one back it really doesn't even matter what sport you are you've always kind of learned if any defender defenseman whatever mm. you always have one back because you never know what's going to happen and if you look I think I was looking at a screenshot or I paused it earlier and you literally, I couldn't even see target in the picture. So I don't know how far, far forward he was, but you had uh, Ming's closer to literally being out of play than being in play. Mm. You had Matty cash somewhere. I'm not even sure where he, like it just, it was a calamity to give. I, I think a lot of people kind of disrespect Danny Welbeck thinking, okay, cash or Ming should have caught him he doesn't have that much pace anymore the man's had a few injuries but he's still pretty darn fast and he definitely proved that I I, I think the thing that yeah, always and, me- and, sorry, and he's, 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 sorry just 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 kind of add to your point Cole. like he's running in a forward trajectory whilst yeah. all of well whilst all of Villa's defenders literally need to turn around yeah to catch him that, that, that exactly. turn of pace is a big thing yeah well the thing that makes me laugh is people going oh they're jogging back no, they're going full force. They're tired. They're a little tired because they literally just committed a lot of physical energy, busting their asses to move forward. And they literally yeah. just got caught out from an Adam Lalana kind of hopeful through ball that worked like fair enough. We got punished for being naive. And we've seen that a number of times this season. It's been limited because if it was 1920 all over again, we'd probably be way off way worse, but nonetheless, it, it's another thing that we're playing kind of run and gun football and, we get caught out. We don't ultimately play that run and gun football the best way possible, but nonetheless, we're one nil down. You're, you're kind of going into it going, okay, that's only the 12th minute. There's lots of time. Don't worry too much. You're always going to get that negativity, but 
kind of from there, we had our chances. You look at Trezeguet had what, one shot on goal and then just literally skied it over an open goal. You had, I think Grealish had a few. Everyone honestly felt like they had their chance. And to kind of summarize the rest of that first half, Danny, how'd you feel about it? Frustrating, I think. Um, but at the same time, I remember going into halftime thinking it was a pretty good performance from Villa, to be honest. Like, apart from that defensive error, like, they were creating. They were creating chances. But Trezeguet is a heck of a player. He's so talented. But I really wish he could, he could finish, you know. <laughs> and, but, I mean, he can. He can. He can. There's just times when he doesn't. Like, what I saw from Trezeguet was he was a very, very confident player. He's clearly gone on duty for Egypt, come back with some swagger, right? And I want to see him involved like that in Villa games. I really do want to see more games with Trezeguet. It's like, you know what? Let me be the Jack Grealish today. Let me be the Ross Barkley today. Let me do something. I want to see more of that because he works hard, but I wish he could. And, 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 and it wasn't just him. I think there was opportunities for like Ollie, Ollie Watkins as well. Whereby I don't, he didn't miss any set, sitters. I think maybe bar one, which just kind of came off him wrong, and it was a very good tackle, if I remember correctly, from White. Yeah, um, I think so. And yeah, you know, kind of slides in. He's not expecting it. But what I do want to see more from Ollie Watkins is just attacking the ball and being a little bit more aggressive. Like he's he's a very classy striker, but there's times where he could have been more aggressive. If Ollie Watkins had the aggression to shoot like Mahmoud Trezeguet did in that game, <laughs> Villa might have got a couple more goals. Oh, uh, like, honestly, we could have been like three, four, one up at one point. Like, I don't know about that. There was it, chances. Honestly, there wasn't loads of chances. It, it really, well, to be fair though, actually, now that I say that I'm contradicting myself, it could have easily been two to maybe three, one us and, or it mm. could have easily been, we could have been three nil down. Like there was no defending in this game from either team. Like, the defending started in probably the 70th minute and it was solely from Brighton, just clearing crosses that were going to nobody in hopes of someone getting on the end of it. They were very solid. Nonetheless, Danny, uh, before we get onto the second half, I will go to Twitter. Of course, I always tweet you guys or tweet on the 7,500 to hold account. I should say um, asking your guys opinion if i get my english out today holy geez you can tell us we're doing this in the evening speaks canadian i I speak canadian a but nonetheless (laughs) um, tweet us at 7500 holt uh 15 or so are you guys got involved so thank you very much uh we'll start with steve saying strange game i thought we were on top throughout we employed a high press and got caught with a long ball repeatedly which is amusing we got our goal from across but we tried it far too often against a very tall back three made it comfortable for them um let's go to kirian saying looked complacent defense at times didn't rate triori today at all would have liked to see louise and mcginn pushed further forward and hurahan and rakamba on for barkley worried if we lose barkley or jack we will really struggle to get points um let's go to mixie saying really enjoying it for 80 minutes but not a red card and was a penalty both sides should have scored more if the goals were portrait not landscape trez would have had three <laughs> the internationals have taken their toll um and some looking very tired and not that sharp and we'll finish it 
uh let's see here there's actually quite a few so thank you of course again um with uh fat dom gamiello i think it is sorry if i butchered your name like i always do uh villa dominate the game trez missed two or three big chances and all he missed one should have easily scored three or four so of course thank you guys very much for getting involved of course tweet us at 7500 holt and if you want to email us your thoughts of course it's holtcast at gmail.com um we basically covered all the game there so, so we might as well be done with it because the twitter just basically did it for us but no we're gonna stay around and give you guys some more information if you'd be so nice to listen to us chat absolute crap but anyways let's move on danny why don't we let's get on to the second half (laughs) yeah i was gonna say there's a key point as we head into the second half and there's a key key point that was made in one in, in a couple of those tweets that we need to yeah just just to add some context here villa looked tired as heck yeah I mean, it's particularly in the first half. I'm just here thinking Mings and McGinn. Oh, they're not on it. No, like they weren't tired. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and you know, a lot of people might turn around and go, "Oh, Mings, so he's only a centre back." You know, England. You know, that's all they do is defend and all that. He's not to deal with a lot, but he he's, he was running for England. Mings, he was running up the up the pitch, and suddenly he's coming back to Villa where perhaps he doesn't have the same kind of freedom or protection behind him. You know, he doesn't have two other centre-backs to clean up after him. And I think he's almost bringing that into the game. I'm, I'm trying not to criticise him. I'm just saying that it's it's different. It's different when you come back to Villa. And then Grealish as well at the same time. Oh, you could tell big time with him. Like still, oh, he's did, tired, man. still did a good job, to be fair. He's played a lot of international football. He's been put on literally a pedestal over this international break for the England yeah. team. Yeah. I think there's, I wouldn't say it's an emotional drain, but I think there's a lot of um, pressure. I, maybe it doesn't bother him, but there's a lot of things going on there. Then you're coming back, you're expecting to kind of, kind of carry over the Arsenal form into this mm-hmm. one. A lot of people are thinking this is going to be an easy game and it just, it wasn't. And a lot of that, unfortunately, has to be just how the midfield and the defense ultimately defended in situations. I had no issues with the attack. It just like I think the biggest thing for, for me and I think the tell all thing, I, honestly, I think Ming should have came off or not Ming's uh, McGinn should have came off after like 30 minutes. He yeah, just yeah. looked I, I know that's just kind of how he is. But at the same time, like just. I wouldn't say he didn't the quick work up for it. no energy. No, nothing. You well, you know how he does that pirouette. It like always works. Yeah, yeah, yeah There yeah. was probably three or four instances where there, well, I think there was one where Lamptey just absolutely caught him out for lunch, dinner, and the next morning for breakfast. But it just nothing seemed to come off. Everything was extra lethargic. It just it just wasn't there, Danny. I think that's the thing as well. Like we we have a lot of players who like to be creative. They like to I, I always use this term with the I, I love it, right? Villa play sexy football. They try to, right? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's a grind out. And I don't think Villa are built for a grind out. And I got so much stick for this. And, I, and, I, and, I, and you know, Twitter's a bad place sometimes because everybody thinks they know everything about football. And everybody, you get a lot of people as well who, who think that beyond Villa's 11, yeah, there's no talent and it doesn't exist. There is. There's a little bit at least. Suggesting different tactical. Do you, do you know what I mean? Maybe... Maybe Dean Smith needs to use his squad a bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe Villa do play Nakamba in games where it's going to be more of a more of a grind out. Maybe mm-hmm. they do need more of a ball winner. Maybe they want. Maybe they need somebody who's going to bite a bit more. 
And Nick Camber's, you, you can pass the ball. Just you know, don't want to hold on to it too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe it was a game for him. You know, if we're, if we're going to play that system. And I'm not for one minute saying we, we need to drop him again. What I'm saying is use the squad. There's a lot of tired boys out there. It's a long season. We cannot be relying on the same 11 for the entire season. And I, that was, and, to, and I think the Brighton game was the biggest example of that. The well, biggest example of it. We're coming up to the Christmas period. We know how in the New Year period, we know how hectic that traditionally is. Mm. We're going to have to. Like, we're going to get serious injuries if we don't. So, I, I, I like, I, I'd imagine Dean Smith has that in consideration. Like, the man's not stupid. Like, no, he's not. Things are going to change, but nonetheless, you don't, you don't change a winning team, I guess. Exactly. I like to be honest. Should Traore have came on when Barkley? Um, got injured. No, I, I, in my personal opinion, I thought it should have been Hurahan. I, I think you keep the way it is in every other facet. I think Hurahan gives. Has he just delivery. played three international games? Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know, but it seemed like when he came on, albeit it was only for what sixteen minutes or so, like something like that. It didn't really seem to phase him, but like a lot of those internationals from minute one just looked lethargic so i mm. i i guess it, it it all depends maybe we're we're not seeing everything so we can't really comment on it but nonetheless daniel let's get on to the second half because we still haven't done that and of course of course i i think i figured out why we didn't win i go down to do my laundry at halftime and my phone goes off with a few pings and of course it's that man ezra Konza at the back post yeah. to be fair i just criticized a little bit of traore saying he shouldn't have came on the man sets up a, a beautiful curved free kick from what 35 40 yards out like it was pretty darn far out brilliant ball great work i mean kind of sloppy defending by brighton but what were your thoughts on that man we had a lot of, we had a lot of set pieces we had to punish them with one of them <laughs> we had a lot of corners and never looked like we were going to score from one <laughs> So Ezri Konza gets on the end of it. Fair play. It's a good ball from Bertrand Traore. Nice to see a whip in with the left foot. Uh, recently, it's been Barkley taking set pieces. I've not been convinced. Villa have a total lack of set piece takers. Uh, yeah, Bertrand, nice whip in. Nice ball. Uh, and then it's good that Ezri Konza gets on the end of it. At this point, you're thinking 1-1. Villa are going to grow into this game now. I think in the back of our heads, the back of everybody's head, is that Villa have not proven that they can come back from adversity. They have not proven that they can come back from... Would you say that's the one thing we haven't proven yet? I mean, yeah. It's a big thing, though. Well, Villa, Villa, for me, last season, were the biggest bunch of head droppers. Right? Finished off. You score against them, you finish them. That was a big thing last season. Massive thing last season. Yeah? Or if... It gets to the 80th minute and Villa haven't scored. It's game over. It started. It, it did feel that way. The Brighton game didn't feel like that. There was a lot of chances being created. It just wasn't going in, and it, you just started to think it's just not Villa's day. Yeah. You started to think when when are Villa going to take the lead here? It just yeah. wasn't happening. Well, as soon as that goal goes in, of course, I'm thinking, okay, we're back into this. You'd think with the chances we created in the first half. Well, definitely after that first half, you're thinking. Uh, this isn't our day. You get the goal. You're thinking, okay, maybe I'm a little too quick here to kind of put my assumption down and my thoughts down. But then it just it just kind of goes from, I don't want to say bad to worse because I don't even feel that bad about this game. But uh, of course, like I, 
again, no defending. Four players just ball yeah. watching. You had what Pascal Gross just literally ping it across the box. Like it, that thing stayed on the ground, basically. Yep. Yep. Sully March. And we just like to concede absolute bangers, apparently. Like it's just. It wasn't a banger though. Like it was. It, it, it was, was very curve. well placed. Like okay, it wasn't a banger, but it was very well placed. It was, but why is he allowed to take the shot? That's right, the I entire mean. game, I'm thinking Villa are having to work ten times harder for a goal than Brighton here. Oh yeah, yeah. Why, like Brighton, and this is one of the things which which Villa seem to just be really, really struggling with. He's defending as a pack, right? Defending in numbers, they just struggle with it. And I, th- again, I think it's tiredness. I think tiredness is a big thing, but. No one's coming out at any of the Brighton players. It's just so much space, so much space for them to work with. Whereas when Brighton were defending, it's like Grealish doesn't have a way in here. Bertrand doesn't have a way in here. You can't get past them. Well, see, see the thing, if, if you ever like go back and watch the highlights and freeze it when uh, Gross makes that pass, I think there's like Douglas Louise, McGinn, um, I can't remember. I think there's two or three other players and they're like literally just running back. And it's almost like they mm. stop just before that ball moves. I'm thinking, why wouldn't you move? A co- I, I know you can't anticipate that, but like, it's just very weird that they all stopped at the edge of the box, all the midfield and just kind of yeah, watched yeah, yeah. as the defense did their thing. And I'm thinking, I don't know, like, it's easy to say this now, but if you have you- to work as a unit. But is do you wonder if that's down again to fatigue and things like that? You're not like you know what I mean. Like it just, it just there was a there was cohesion, but it yeah. seemed like it was very like lackadaisical cohesion. Like it was very much last season where there's a number of games where I could see okay, like we could definitely do something this game. We just we can't convert. And again, we're seeing that. Like it's so hard to be upset because like we have 15 points. We're what still 12 points above the relegation zone we're more than fine i saw some someone tweet me and they literally said like we have to be careful or we're gonna be like in trouble and i'm thinking like what do you like we can't of course i don't want to relax on 15 points but like (laughs) dude we're so above it there's literally four teams i think it's like literally four three two one on points like we are fine right now yeah look fulham sheffield west brom west brom and uh, Burnley as well. Yeah. You know, not looking good. Yeah. It's not looking good for them. I can't see any of those teams picking up more points than Villa. It, you've, I think as well, to be fair, I didn't see a meltdown on, on Twitter. I didn't see, any, see a meltdown from fans after the game either. I think Dean Smith got an easy bit of a cop-out strategy at the end, to be fair. I think for, <laughs> I think for a lot of us, I think for a lot of Villa fans, what happened at the end probably just kind of, put things into perspective and made it hard to like get angry at Villa. Yeah. Uh, but, but look, this is the same team that whacked Liverpool 7-2, beat Arsenal 3-0. Like they're going to pick up points. It's, and, and I think we've got to manage expectations. If we are a maverick middle, middle table team that pulls off big results against bigger sides, I mean, I'm happy with that for now. It's better than what we had last season. Well, see, this is what I mean. Like last season, we were one of those four teams. This season, we're we we've definitely improved. Like we're in the next kind of. I don't even know if we're in the next tier, or maybe we're, we even skipped a tier. Like I don't like know. Wolves, exactly. Like people are compl- Like I don't see it a lot, but some people are complaining, saying like, "Oh, we didn't win this one. We didn't win that one. We smashed Liverpool seven freaking two. 
We beat Arsenal 3-0. We beat Leicester. We couldn't even dream of doing that last season. We were basically relegated against Leicester last season. Like, they're, uh, like you know what I mean? It's just, oh my gosh. Like, I can understand it because it's frustrating to lose against Brighton when you think, okay, we definitely should have won this. But it happens. Like, there's going to be years when we're probably close to relegation again. It, like, there's going to be years where we struggle. It happens to every team. Like, it's just and there were factors, man. Exactly. And there were factors in this game, you know, at the end of the day. You know, we haven't even gone to the to the penalty yet. Yeah, I've been I mean, kind of dreading we, bringing we, that up. <laughs> no, don't worry. We'll bring it up, but it won't be, it's not that bad. I mean, it was a, Grealish, Grealish, you know, you looked, Villa probably looked Grealish to, like, do something. Grealish looked tired. Yeah, he had a good game, but the guy looked tired. Yeah? Yeah. Fine. You looked to Trezeguet, workhorse. Guy didn't have his shooting boots on, right? Same. Uh, unfortunately, Ollie Watkins maybe could have had a better game. Barkley goes off injured. McGinn's bloody tired. Douglas Louise has been playing for Brazil. He's bloody tired. All right. Mings again. And I just think you need a number of your best players to turn up and they just didn't on the day. And, and that's okay. It happens. Yeah. It's, it's that I'm, I'm attributing a lot of this to an international hangover. And we saw this, the previous one, we, what we, I think we came out of that losing foot to southampton um i honestly can't remember a lot oh, the international yeah the international yeah. break killed villa's momentum yeah the previous like, one too like we struggled for, lost row, two, two games row, yeah and then uh, yeah lost two games came out beat arsenal and then went into another one and it just seems like i don't know it's almost like we come back and we're just a little naive and we're thinking it's like almost like, like you're teaching someone in school that like an, a math lesson all over again after summer break even though it's only been like a week that, i don't know maybe that's my best ever kind it's of, a momentum killer yeah that, that was probably the best relevancy thing i've ever kind of compared something to so yay <laughs> to me um but nonetheless before we get on to the penalty show guys i'm just gonna say a little shout out to our fpl league of course the holt cast cup i haven't mentioned it lately because we record this on a sunday the points usually don't get finalized to like monday but nonetheless um, i'm just gonna say shout out to uh four five one being sam frost uh, he's currently leading on uh, 595 points at the time. I'm looking at my phone with 57 points this game week. Um, of course, I'm seeing a few others. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Stephen Burke with, uh, I don't want to say his name. I don't know if that's inappropriate, so I'm not going to say it uh, with 69 points. So I, maybe that would go with it as well. So inappropriate um, 69 points. Nice. Yeah. So uh, of course, thank you all for joining. I just want to mention that I wanted to keep that as an update thing. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, or sponsor uh one to eleven kits but nonetheless danny let's get on to the penalty decision actually you know what let's let's tie in the red card here too um of course tweak lampy goes off red card second yellow uh what were your thoughts on that first of all and then we'll kind of get in the penalties and what were your thoughts on that too look i think i think they've been fouling they've been fouling villa a lot to be honest in that game i thought the referee was being very lenient but that doesn't mean that that was a second yellow i probably wasn't a second yellow. pretty soft eh? but pretty soft but I've seen those given. You know what I mean? I think as well, there's, there was a lot of repeated fouling on Jack, I mean, which happens and which happens in a lot of games. I don't as want to use that as an excuse, <laughs> but there was a lot of repeated fouling on him. And I, and I wonder if that was, if that was a thing. Uh, yeah, but it's too late for it to really affect the game anyway, is what I thought, to be honest, the way that Brighton were playing. Yeah. Villa wouldn't have, uh, Villa wouldn't have scored a goal from open play in a month of Sundays. Oh, exactly. Like, it's, what, the 91st minute you have, I think, what, a couple more minutes? Like, it, it's I forgot so it even hard. happened. 
like seriously like it's so irrelevant it's it's not a penalty or not penalty sorry it's not a red card um it's just i don't know what it is i i think this kind of gets on the whole officiating thing that maybe we'll get into here in a second because let's just move on to the penalty um trezeguet gets kicked uh by i think it was march um i don't know he kind of flicks the ball up it looks like and then march kind of nicks the ball a little bit but the come through like just slams trez's leg he he does make a little bit of it. You have to admit, it like does. no no one no one kicks back with both their legs like that unless they're like just won a million dollars and they're excited. Like let's be but, honest, but but it's the ninety fourth minute a penalty. You know, it's the ninety fourth, ninety second minute, right? It's Something stoppage like that. time. Ninety third, losing. Think. Yeah, you're losing two one. You got fouled in the in the penalty box. Mm-hmm. You, you want the referee to notice it, yep. like go down <laughs> by all means. Oh yeah, you're going to you it. It's not simulation. It's desperation. And like people, it's kind of the whole like thing of one, one fan base says it's not a penalty. It happens to them. Oh, it's a penalty. And then like, you see that on Twitter, but it's just like, if that was a Brighton player, you'd be saying the same thing. Brighton fans. If this was Liverpool, they'd be saying like, it doesn't matter which fan base you're in. If it happens to your team, you're still going to moan about it. I I think my biggest, my biggest complaint with this and sorry, Danny, I didn't want to cut you off. My issue isn't even the penalty. It's, the it's the officiating consistency michael yeah. Alder calls a penalty like seriously why can't it just be left at that why does it then have to go to var then they look lit- because literally it feels like it goes to var they don't know so then they go okay let's give it to the ref again he's already given you his freaking answer why does he need to give it to you again oh like yeah. it's just uh, i don't well, we were know. talking about going to the screen though we were talking about the referee should be going to the screen at the start of the season that's what we were saying right that was one of the that was one of the improvements we made on last season but i'm i'm fine with that but like why do you have to do like you know what i mean it's almost like a a triangle he makes his call then the guys somewhere else have to check it on var and then he has to check it again himself it's just like why don't you just have a screen if he wants to go check it like why do you like you know what i mean it's just it slows so, everything down so much. My issue is the clear and obvious thing because that's not a clear and obvious thing to change, right? No. Because because there's arguments you can make both ways. Yeah. Therefore, why is it being changed? There's, there, like VAR, VAR has no reason to intervene there. Well, right? if you... If you They're making at- a subjective choice. Yeah. If you look... Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, if you fine. look, if you look at the highlights, you can see where Michael Oliver is. He sees the the thing happen live, clear as day. What's mm. it, like? See, this is the other danger, in my opinion, with slowing things down in replay. It doesn't look as bad. Yeah, because you're taking the momentum of someone's leg coming through. Like Solly March know he's won the bad. ball. Like the Solly March know he's won the ball. Right. That's, the yeah. reaction of Solly March immediately puts his head in his hands. Right? Exactly. Well, he does this like little like cave thing. It's like I don't do anything. It's just like nah, okay. <laughs> Secondly, right? Just because he's won the ball doesn't mean there can't be a foul straight after. So he's nicked the ball. It's mm-hmm. come back off Trezeguet. He's he's then kicked Trezeguet in the shin, right? And yeah. on the follow through. Yeah. The way that ball bubbled, mm-hmm. the argument could be made that Trezeguet is the next guy that's getting to that ball. Oh yeah. Well, he flicks it up just before he, uh, before I think it goes off March's leg, like when he's on the follow through to initially kind of kick it, and then he hits Trez. Like you could argue that Trez is going trying to flick that over his leg to continue to run on. So, like, cl- like you, the ball was close to Trezeguet afterwards. It's, it's if so Trezeguet doesn't get clipped, 
if Trezeguet doesn't get clipped, he can switch. He can switch that onto his left, and maybe he has a shot. Whether it goes down, goes in or not, right? <laughs> Whether it hits a target's the next thing. <laughs> but, but he's been taken out in the penalty area. It's just it's shades it's, of Palace all over again. Yeah, it is. It is. It's subjective, but you can't help feeling undone, hard done by. And what Dean Smith said, and you know, at the at the end of the game, I don't know what is and isn't a penalty. I'm going to say this, Cole. Right. I agree with I agree with that. Like I don't know what is or isn't a penalty now. I don't know what what is or isn't something that needs to be overruled by VAR. Um, I don't think I don't think you can coach it. I don't think you can tell your players nope. what to do in these situations. Uh, and also, yeah, I just I just felt very turned off by football yesterday. I'm well, telling you, I didn't I didn't watch. You know that uh, United West Brom game? Yeah, I was in total or total shock at what happened there. I'm not criticizing, by the way, the officials. I'm not criticizing the officiating. I'm just saying that as a fan, it's very, very difficult to watch these games and wait forever for a subjective call to be made. Yeah, like, well, I think what Kevin De Bruyne came out yesterday too, because there was controversy in that game about something being handball when it hits his, like, bicep barely with his with his like literally his chest like he even comes out and says i've been playing professional football i think he said for 12 years or something like that i don't even know what is what anymore and that's one of the best midfielders in the world saying that like what does that say about the state of this game right now you look at today you look at um well i mean it's it's kind of completely different pepe nicholas pepe headbutts um a leads player i can't remember who which one it was um, and then the Leeds player makes an absolute meal of it. And then I think VAR has to review it nonetheless. Why isn't the Leeds player being disciplined for absolutely diving? Because you're rolling around like you oh, just you got, got shot. Though. You did get headbutted though. Yeah, but it was pretty. Like there's headbutting and then there's like, eh. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's like actual, like a full on, like I'm going to break your nose. And then there's like full on, like mm, let me up my head, like, like snuggle your forehead too. Like, did, did you see the uh, way that Trezeguet, like his arm, I think it was like hit one of the defenders' throats yesterday. Like yeah. it pretty much grazed it. Yeah, and he like went down holding his face. Oh my god, it drives me nuts. Like, but uh, we sound but, like but ninety got, year old men to... that want like this out of the game. But, but you need VAR to notice these things. If that's the way oh. to get it to notice, right? Because otherwise, VAR is not going to check something that it doesn't see. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I, if Pepe's headbutt in me, I'm yeah. going down. I'm well, making sure the ref knows. I and I mean, this is this is the most obvious thing I'm ever going to say. And if they ever figured out, kudos to them. But there has to be a quicker way to look at this, because you you see this if if there's NFL fans listening to this, you see this every single friggin' play in that league gets reviewed now. It just like and you look at football in general, and it feels like the exact same thing. And it's just like. The beauty. What was the classic one in the NFL? Sorry, what was that classic decision in in, in NFL oh. that like screwed a team out of the Super Bowl? Um, I think it was the Saints versus the Rams, and it was probably like the most like ridiculous foul afterwards, and they just basically said, "Nah, like you're done." Like it just, yeah. I think I, I I can't remember the exact thing, but it was those two teams. Like it just takes so like the beauty of sport is the unpredictability. In my opinion, and I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate goal like technology. I appreciate these things. But at some point, you're just taking a, a bit of that out. 
at what point do you say like some of this has to go back to its natural state like i honestly i don't know how many people complain of var just kind of goes home we're in a weird situation right now where if they were to take out var and a team gets screwed out of a relegation deciding game or title deciding game because a player's like handballed it in the penalty area, but nobody's seen it. The referee hasn't seen it. You're going to hear people turning straight away, turning around straight away and going, why haven't we got VAR? Why yeah. haven't we got a system in place that prevents this from happening? And we'll go full circle. That's the situation. That's, that's the worry that I have with this. So <laughs> I don't know where we're headed with football. I really don't. But all I know is that as a fan, it's very, very frustrating. And to wait for a decision for minutes just to see something turn around that still makes you scratch your head. Well, I don't know. know. We've never talked about VAR on this podcast ever and complained about it. So, you know, (laughs) I'm not complaining about it. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just questioning it. But I just look, we don't, it never, you don't see the same complaints about cricket. They know they, they they don't get it wrong in cricket. And in rugby as well. And maybe part of that is because we actually get to hear what the ref, what the officials are saying. Yeah, well, I think that, well, the last thing I'll even say about this is I, I think that that whole thing with the referees too is I wonder, that I, in my opinion, I think referees are undermined by VAR. The checking of the screen, yeah, it gives them that back. But I think forcing them to check it is then making them kind of double think what they've already said and overthink it. So you look at yesterday as an example of like, you're just putting more pressure on them to overturn that in my opinion, than say keep status quo, but nonetheless, Danny, um, let's get things wrapped up here in the next few minutes. Uh, who is your man of the match? My man of the match. Oh gosh. It was hard. It's hard to say. I'm still, I'm going to go Trezeguet. I think that if anybody was going to score, it looked like it was going to be him. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> Just didn't go his way. Can I just put a shout out out there as well for the fact that Anwar Al-Ghazi came on and actually looked a threat? Yeah, well, a lot of people were complaining that he looked like he put on a lot of weight, but I thought he actually looked really good. I didn't like, notice that. Good. Like, he, yeah. he seemed to be a, l- a little bit more physical with it too, which I like to see. He seemed very hungry, so good shout. Dean Smith remembering that substitutions exist. You know <laughs> Finally. You've I mean? only been saying it for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having a go at Dean Smith. That's not a dig. I know he, I know, oh. I know why he keeps the same 11 out there. You don't want to upset the balance. No. But I think it was good to see good to see a couple of guys come on. Haurahan and Al Ghazi possibly should have been a bit earlier. But no, Trezeguet is my man of the match. Who about what about you? <sighs> Honestly, like uh... it's 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 really tough because like I can't really put my finger on one player and I said yeah like eight nine out of ten even you know what i mean it's just like Mm. everyone had a good game it just in my opinion except for some defending of course but it just lethargic and all those things so you know what i think we'll just have to be unanimous and go for trezeguet um not concert for the goal no because like i think there's a lot of defensive issues where you can also arguably kind of put that down to the defense as a unit i don't know how many times definitely down the wings that Lamptey was basically all alone um, and we got caught out there. So uh, I I wouldn't, I just thought it was a very bad defensive display by both teams, but I think I have to give it Trez too. Like to be fair, the man's unlucky to get a hat trick yesterday. 
it's just <laughs> unlucky well, not to yeah yeah so you know he can't finish his dinner as per gabby we won't talk about that but anyways um <laughs> i just wanted to mention that even though i probably said i wouldn't but nonetheless danny do you have any uh final comments before we wrap things up no i think i'm good it was <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I've worked. I think I've worked through all my issues with the football on the week. I, I wasn't. I wasn't that upset. We're still Villa is still in a good position. I think that it wasn't a performance that made me think, "Oh, we're we're a bad team." Yeah. You know what? Apart from the Leeds match, Villa have been competitive in every this, game. This is the first loss where I can honestly say, like, we deserve to win. Like, you, you look at Southampton; they're kind of outliers right now. They're flying Leeds. Um, kind of had their peak a little bit. Now they're still kind of still finding life, but you know they're probably going to be safe. Uh, Brighton's probably the first team we've played where you could, even then, they've been playing some good stuff. It just hasn't come off. So, um, of course, we have West Ham next too, and they're kind of rising too. It's just a weird season, but uh, maybe it's weird because we're yeah. doing so well. So And a key player goes off after two minutes. You know, let's not forget that. Exactly. Like, it's, it's one of those things where you can blame whoever, which way you want it. It just it didn't happen. We have to move on and kind of hope things turn around against West Ham because I am not going for another run where we lose two and then finally start winning again after an international break. But anyways, uh, let's wrap it up there, Danny. Of course, if you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Rosagerno. If you want to find me, Cole, on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet us at 7500 to Holt. Uh, email us at Holtcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. Hopefully, uh, better luck against West Ham. The West Ham preview will be up uh, later in the week, probably on the weekend. And yeah, we'll leave it there. Don't forget up the villa.